Winning Cures Everything. Now for your hosts, Gary and Chris. Welcome in, Winning Cures Everything, number 265. I'm Gary. And I'm Chris. That's right, we got the gang back together on today's show. We are talking about the divisional round NFL playoff recap. We're going to preview the NFC and AFC championship games. We're going to discuss Jalen Hurts going to Oklahoma along with Tate Martell to Miami uh, and, and what the graduate transfer waiver crap is. God, it's so frustrating. And we're going to talk some NFL hires. Uh, but first, the show is brought to you by Tunica, Mississippi, the South's premier sports gambling destination. Six incredible sports books. We are actually going to be at one. Yes, Hollywood Casino. Hollywood Casino this Sunday for the NFL playoff games. Uh, we will be going live, broadcasting on YouTube at, what, 12.30, I believe is the time. Um, sure. Yeah, 12.30. We'll be there around 11 o'clock. We're going to be setting up. We're going to be shaking hands, hanging out with everybody. We hope that some of you can make it. I know a lot of you are not from uh, this area that listen to the show, and that's okay. But if you're in Memphis, if you're around Tunica, you want to come down. they got food and drink specials the whole time. It's going to be a good time. We guarantee it. Come down, play some blackjack, watch some football. they got a large projector screen TV. The biggest in Tunica. Yeah, it's very nice. 12 foot by 24 foot. It is massive. I watched the Conor McGregor-Habib uh, fight. Habib Nurmagomedov. That's such a fun name. It's kind of like uh, Ken Neomatalola, you know? Like yeah. these guys that have these fun names. Anyway, um, so we will be down there on the and, – and we're going to say it multiple times throughout this podcast. But sun, uh, Sunday, January 20th, around 11 in the morning, we are going to go live at 1230. We're going to have our full show. We're going to have it set up where you can actually hear us in the bar or in the – well, it's not the bar. We're setting up on the stage bar. Um Right next to the sports book at Hollywood Casino in Tunica, Mississippi. So come on down. Tunicatravel.com is the place to get information on all six of the sports books down in Tunica. We want you to come to, to Hollywood on Sunday, though. Come hang out with us. Shake hands with us. Let us tell you thank you for supporting the show. Let's uh, let's quit wasting your time. Uh, as always, subscribe to the podcast. You guys know the business. We appreciate you. Let's jump in. <laughs> NFL Divisional Round Recap. Brought to you by Tunica, Mississippi, South's premier sports gambling destination. They've got six incredible sports books down there. You go check them all out over at tunicatravel.com. It was a fun weekend. Yeah, this is one of my favorite weekends of all of uh, the playoffs and the sports and everything like that. You well, get four this is, games. This is when your Pats finally get to, <laughs> get to play. Get to play right? They get to play, and they usually win. Yeah. Um, no, but, but all the other games I like, too. This is when don't mean to offend people when I say this. People get really upset with me when I call certain teams real teams. Very sensitive about their teams. <laughs> this is where the real teams play. Yeah. I mean, you got wild card weekend, and teams kind of slide into the wild card every year, and they are on like a hot streak, and they roll. And then they get into this weekend, and you kind of find out, oh, there's a reason these four teams got to buy. Yep. There's a reason from like week Five on, we had these four teams as pretty consistently the top four teams in the NFL, and yep. that's that. Um, we'll you start. are eight and zero, by the way. I am. I am eight and zero. I figured you would lead with that. Well, I wasn't going to lead with it. A little trying to trying to humble myself. I'm yes. actually very nervous about making every pick now. Sixty two percent over the year, which is my second year in a row. 
to go over 60% in the NFL. Um, yeah, it's pretty, pretty they, bonkers. They don't build those big buildings that we bet in off of people winning all the time. I just feel like the wheels are going to come off eventually. And I'm well, you only got three games left. So like, it, even if you lose these three, it's not that <sighs> it's, dire. I know that, but it's still going to suck. Now, now um, next year is when you need to be careful. Yeah, well, it's a whole new year. And, and we'll a bunch of new over, hires and, and start, all that. Start so. at zero and whatever, but 8 no right now. Um, 8 no in the playoffs. Pretty damn proud eight, of it. I'm, and over 62% on the year. I mean, that's... I'm 3-5. and five. I, li- I literally picked every game wrong last week. Well, yeah, you went against every me on every game, which we don't look at each other's picks beforehand. The week before, you were 3-1, and one and, and, and we, we had almost all the same games. Um, so, yeah. It was a good week. What happens is, is the wild card teams look great. Underdogs cover, cover, cover. And then they get into this round, and the teams with the bye, just they're so much better prepared. Like I had people going at me on, on not really on Twitter so much as uh, the YouTube comments, where they were, they were kind of saying, well, the, the, you don't have two weeks to prepare because you don't know who you're playing. It's like <laughs> that's not how any of this works. To be able to work on your own game plans, you run a base defense and you run a base offense and you're putting together gimmick packages and special plays and all this stuff, and you don't care who you play. Well, And the staffs are so big now that you can actually have people scouting and setting both, up for either teams. team. And that's right. And as soon as you know who the winner is of the team you're playing, you're now – you have a whole week of extra practice that nobody else got – but you got rest that you didn't have to get hit, beat up on. And then you instantly say, Jerry, give me your package. Steve, throw yours away. It doesn't matter anymore. Yeah. And you just now start infiltrating these plays and you start game planning. You're well, like that the, much the Chiefs, more ahead of everyone. The Chiefs knew at halftime of the, the exactly. Colts, Texas. Who they're playing. Now, that's yeah. that's about the only game that was a blowout where you said, I know, I know who I'm playing. And, and the people in the comments that want to talk about how the Colts – uh, did not blow out 21 the Texans. 21-7, not a blowout. Come on, man. Like, it, that game was dominated. You knew the Texans had no chance of That's coming right. back in that game. Nah. Anyway. Like, either way. But, so let's let's get into this. There's one common theme that right. I found in all four of these games between the team that won and the team that lost, and it's something that kind of didn't happen throughout the season. We had high-flying offenses, tons of scoring, lots of passing, and not a lot of defense. But you and I, our entire life, we grew up, we're SEC guys. We like, forget about just SEC guys, because Big Ten plays football this way. And the NFL has always been this way up until the last couple of years, where your best athletes are on defense. And the way to win football games has always been you run the ball, you stop the run. We actually have a T-shirt for sale. That's right. WinningCuresEverything.com slash store. We've got the run the ball, stop the run shirt. That's right. We believe in that. And 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 it's proven time and time again. It proved it all four of these games. The highest rushing team out of the four losing teams was the Colts at 87 yards. Yeah, which was uber surprising. That's right, because we thought they would run all over the Chiefs. Yeah. Ball control. So, So let's break down the Colts game. First three drives for the Colts, all three and out. We didn't see this Kansas City Chiefs defense all year look like this or do anything close to this. Three and outs. Chiefs' first three drives, two touchdowns and a field goal. Ball game is over at that point. Um, Because at that point, Andrew Luck has – and yes, we understand that these teams were all behind 
and had to run the football going forward. That's right. Now, the only team that didn't was is, the is Eagles. The Saints. Yeah, the Saints and the Eagles. Game. That's the only game that was flip-flop. But the game was – it's hard to say this. If you just take all the quarters and all the stats, it's the exact same except the Eagles got all their stuff in the first quarter and the other three teams got all their stats in the fourth quarter. Yeah. But really, they had one quarter – and it bookend the game, and then the other three quarters, they just got roasted. Um, Mahomes throws for 278 yards, no touchdowns, didn't have to. They ran the football all over Damian Williams, the Colts. By the way, what a fantastic piece to have if you lose Kareem Hunt. Oh, Kareem Hunt, you're going to kick somebody in the face? Yeah, we're going to let you go because we got this cat here that wasn't highly drafted and was kind of buried around uh, in college in, in a roster where he, LSU, like Alabama, usually has two, three, four runners. He was not Leonard Fournette. He was not Darius Geis coming out. Yeah, He did not have that big shining star that everyone thought was going to be a monster. But Andy Reid's offenses have just, I, while that's my guy, I can't take too much credit. He's been doing this my entire life. If you're a running back for Andy Reid, you are going to look like a stud. Yeah. So I, I don't uh, know if he would look this way if he was running for Arizona. I let, mean, it's just let, let's talk about the Rams then. Okay. CJ Anderson. <laughs> Holy mackerel, man! Look, I'm I'm fat, so I can say this. CJ Anderson's fat. Eight, yeah, he's a, he's a big boy. He's a he, big boy. He wasn't that way. He wasn't that size two years I, ago. I was amazed. when he came out of Clipson. He was a freak. I think that I think this is a different dude, isn't it? Oh. No. That was that was CJ somebody else. This ain't the oh, same guy. Oh, that was CJ Spiller. Yeah, CJ Spiller. Yeah, that was literally just off. The I don't head. even know where CJ Anderson. I'm finding out. You you talk about what you're going to talk about. Uh, but no, it, him coming in, he had been with what three teams this year? Yes, three non-playoff teams, and got cut by all of them. Oh, he was from Cal. I I, I remember him now. Yeah, he's from Cal. So he, yeah. I'm telling you, man, he was. Uh, was he always that big? I don't think so. I don't remember that. But but Eddie Lacy wasn't always that big either. Well, no. Well, see, here's the thing: at at college campuses, you can you can control what these guys do a lot more easily. Yes, right. So, but when they get out on their own and they're expected to go do this stuff by themselves, well, you have dietitians, you have weight trainers, you have. I mean, you're literally under a coach's thumb almost every day, almost every hour. And of some every guys day. tend to do better in a a scenario like that. Like Eddie oh. Lacy, I oh, think yes. did better at Alabama than he did out on his own. Right in Seattle, they were just trying to keep him under three bills, and they gave him like a hundred thousand dollar bonus. Yeah, I think it was under two fifty. But yeah, I don't know, man. Hey, by the way, I brought this up yeah. on the uh, the Daily yeah, Show rough. the other day. My wife's got me doing Whole Thirty. Have you heard of this Whole Thirty thing? Nope. So it's it's no processed foods, no processed sugars. Um, and I thought it was going to be awful, like no dairy, no processed food, uh, no bread, but like. We've had some pretty good meals, man, and my lunches have been like a sweet potato and some chicken and vegetables and whatever every day and like fruits for snack and whatnot. Man, I am down 12 and a half pounds in two weeks. I'm not even working out. I think I found them. I mean, it is insane to me. They're under this beard. (laughs) Either way, back to C.J. Anderson, who was fantastic for the Rams against the Cowboys. Cowboys' defensive line was supposed to be – Awesome. Well, hang on. Let's 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 finish up with the Colts Chiefs game. Okay, that go ahead. Game, I'm sorry. 13-31, total blowout. Mahomes 
looked great. Yep. I mean, the Colts' defense looked pretty strong going into this game. We thought, man, they're going to play some defense. We thought it was going to be a high-scoring game. It wasn't. And, and Andy Reid, still one of the best coaches in all of football. You're not just going to be a first-year coach walking into Arrowhead and saying, I'm taking this W. Doesn't no, happen. you're right. We'll get to the Colts game, or the, the Cowboys-Rams game. Dallas, totally rushing yards between Dak and Zeke. 50. 50. 50. Everyone said, Rams can't stop the run. Zeke's going to run it all down their throat. Yeah, I think they forgot to do that. Yeah, I... Um, I think Indomitian Sue had a lot to do with that. I think Aaron Donald had a lot to do with that. Yeah. I think the Rams' defense said, we didn't play this way all year because we didn't have to. Yeah. But but we know in the playoffs, we got to stop Zeke. And if we stop Zeke, we stop the Cowboys' offense completely. Oh, yeah, because if they can't run... They can't pass. They can't pass at all. Rams, between all the running backs... The two receivers that rushed the football a lot and uh, golf, 273 yards rushing right down the throat of this Cowboys defense that looked like nobody could score on them all year. Yeah. That has to be the most back-breaking, soul-crushing thing for the Cowboys. Now, if you go into this game and you lose a 13-7 to ball game against the Rams, you throw your hands up and say, we got to fix the offense in the offseason. But because your defense was one of the best defenses in the league this year. Yeah, I agree with that. And you let a guy named C.J. Anderson that had been cut from two different teams on his third team this year. Nobody I wanted hate, I thought he had been nobody, cut from three teams this year. Well, I know it was the Broncos. I know it was the Raiders. Who was the other team? Didn't he go to the, uh, the Seahawks for a little bit? Oh, I have no idea. I think, I think he was with the Seahawks for a bit and got cut. And, well, no, no, no. Maybe it wasn't them. Either way, I think it was but, three teams. So, uh, so he was on his fourth team this season. He got nobody picked up in the him. middle of December. Yeah, that's right. And it was week 16. Nobody wanted him. They throw him on here. They say Gurley's a little banged up. We need somebody just to take some reps from him. And, by the way, Gurley looked good, too. Maybe there's a reason Gurley looks so good. That offensive line was pushing this big, bad defense. These linebackers for the Dallas Cowboys are crazy strong, crazy fast, and crazy athletic. It did not matter. They yeah. got moved out of the way, and fat C.J. Anderson, he just rolled right through those holes, just rolled through yeah. them, totally broke their back, totally broke their spirit. If there's one thing that you do great, and you say, we're going to win this game, we're going to stand on this hill right here, and that other team just rips it from you, that has to be crushing. Yeah, I mean, it's it's pretty awful. I don't know what to do. Look, they won 10 games this year. I didn't think there was any way in Earth, they were going to be a 10-win team. They won a playoff game what against was, a decent team. What was the guy's name? Uh, Vander Esch, Vander something. Uh, uh, yeah, Vander Esch, from the, the guy from, from Boise. From Boise, yeah. yeah. He was a, a very pleasant surprise. Oh, yeah, I, I did Fantastic. not see him being that good. When they drafted him, I was like, what are they doing? No, that guy's a freak athlete. I didn't do enough draft homework on the small school kids. And and that's just wrong. He that guy that guy was a man child, and he he absolutely deserved to be drafted there. I don't know. So what happened is, I mean, the Rams' offensive lineman came out. One of their offensive linemen came out and said, "We knew every defensive scheme they were running. Yeah, we knew everything, every play they were going to run on defense. We knew it as soon as we walked out there, and and we got checked into the right play, 
and we just took it away every time. Now, you hear about defenses doing that to offenses. Man, I've never seen an offense just say, oh, you're going to blitz here and you're going to do this without it being Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, like that level. And that's, that's that level Sean guy, McVay has, Sean McVay. Yeah. Sean McVay was able to say, they're running this run it here, they're doing this, Run. check to this play, check to that play, and 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 it worked like a charm. Um, it, scoreboard, 22-30, close game. Dallas took a lead in this game, but but they didn't have any control after the first quarter. Like once the Rams started scoring, they, then it was over. they could not stop them. Dallas got a couple of big busted uh, touchdown plays, and, uh, you know, to make you, it You close, know where I watched uh, – a lot of this game, no. Twain Steakhouse. Oh, there you go. Yeah, so I was I was over at Sam's Town. Good, uh, hey, sixty ounce Delmonico ribeye. Yeah, no, that's I've, what I'm I've, talking about. I've been to Twain several times, so it's uh, it was fantastic. Uh, good game. We'll move on to my Patriots Chargers on to Sunday. There's not a lot to discuss here. Is not there? no. I've got I've got I've got two notes. This was the most pathetic of all the run games out of all of them. <laughs> Patriots rushed for 155 yards, nothing like obscene or crazy. They ran the ball. They controlled the clock. Tom threw for over 300 yards. Yep. It like, like did what Tom does. And I'll get to the Patriots offense. The Chargers. I, th- I was scared of this run game because I'd seen Justin Jackson. I'd seen Austin, El- uh, Austin e- oh, uh, Eckler. I can't even talk today. And I and – I, and I, Love and fear in this game, Melvin Gordon. Think Melvin Gordon's top five running back, maybe a top three running back in the NFL. Think he's a freak. They rushed the ball for 19 total yards. 19 total yards. Let me tell you why. Patriots' first five drives. Five. Not first two. First five drives. Five touchdowns. Yeah, it was it was obscene. Chargers' first five drives. One touchdown. That's just no field goals. This is not fair. No red zone attempts. Like no, not, I mean, not even like attempted field goal and like oh the kicker missed it because that's what do like the Chargers do. Just defensively, they shut the Chargers down totally. Now, why the Patriots were able to do that? I knew the second time they drove the ball down the field and scored with ease. I instantly knew this game's over with. And me and you have texted about this before because the Steelers have a really bad habit of doing the same thing. I don't know this for a fact. I don't know that I've ever watched a game where Tom Brady's ever lost to his own defense. And why yeah. you come into Gillette on a playoff weekend and you go into a zone defense and you think Tom Brady is not going to pick you apart? Even at 41 years old, he he can still read He's the still defense the smartest can, guy out there. Yes. Like it, his body may not work as fast as his mind does, but if you play in a zone, it doesn't have to. It's not like Julian Edelman is is crazy fast and can break away. Play him man to man. Yeah, Julian is tough as nails, but he's not quick. Agreed. I, I, I don't know how great of a route runner the rest of these guys are. Like, no, I'm with you. Their I'd... best route runner. Now you double team Gronk, which they did, and then you play everybody else straight up. And even then, I don't know that Gronk is. But no, you still have to double team because he's big and strong. Yeah, that you not because he's fast. 
Because well, I'm not, not saying he's fast. Anymore. I just he. I don't think he's. I think he's a shell of himself. Oh right no! Now. If you if you still played him man to man, he's still bigger than anybody that can guard him. And you that's can just, true. You can just cover him, and he'll just go up on top. Well, of he's it. bigger than anybody else on the football. That's court. it. So that but they they blocked with Gronk all day long. They ran. They just picked apart systematically a zone defense. I I'm not a professional football person. I I don't do that for a living. If I did, and I worked for a team that planned to play the Patriots, and they said our game plan is to go in to be a zone, I would go to the owner and say whoever's making this decision needs to either be fired now or brutally chastised until they change their mind. I mean, this, I, I don't know how to devise the, the defense to stop them, but zone will not do it. I've no, watched it for worked. 17 years. It's, it's never worked against them. Uh, but the team that... So this was the perfect uh, better coach and better quarterback are always going to win, right? This was not because the the Patriots' defense was so much better or anything like that. This was very simple. Phillip Rivers and Anthony Lynn is a worse combination than Tom and Bill. Bill. Correct. That's just the way it is. But I thought Phillip Rivers would put up a showing. I was excited to actually, like I said. They were I my, thought so, too. I, I had the Chargers plus I, four. I, 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 like, I like Rivers. I want to see him finally break through this, this barrier. As long as Tom continues to play, I don't know that he's going to. No. And I'll do this. Not that might not be on Phil's pro- fault. Like, if, if you play a better defense against him, maybe he's got a fighting chance. No, but once you're down three touchdowns, it's 35-7 going into halftime. Yeah, I mean, it's it's. I don't done. know what you do with that. I mean, well, and on top of that, I mean, there were fumbles, like fumbled punt returns, and and all sorts of stuff. Like they were like just three mistakes. or four crucial spots where they got delay of games. Oh, you can't do that. Yeah, they, third they and one. Now it's third and six. It's a huge big deal. Mental mistakes throughout this game, and I wonder if it was the weather, along with being in Gillette. Yep, I think it was just a bad spot for him. And again, we talk about this multiple times when we're when we're doing the gambling picks. The West Coast team coming East Coast for a noon kick, right? So like Brett Musburger pointed that out on Twitter. Three weeks in a row, the Chargers went West Coast to East Coast for a 1 o'clock game. Um, they did it week 17. Then they did it against the, uh, no, week, the Ravens. No, week 17 was, uh, was Denver. Oh. They played the Broncos. So it was, he, it was, said, he said it was three weeks in a row, so that didn't make any sense. They, they I, wouldn't play three teams – from well, the East Coast. I, well, it would have had to have been week 17, but you're right. They played Denver. I don't know where Brent got that from. Irrelevant. Back-to-back weeks, they had to go there. And my argument is this. Shame on the organization. When you beat Baltimore, you immediately stay in Baltimore for a week. You get yes. used to the cold weather. You, you've got a, a thousand stadiums that you could play in between Baltimore and, and, and New England that you could practice in. Yeah, but it, that costs money, and you oh, that's know. such bullcrap, though. That's such bullcrap. You're in the playoffs. If it's you win the, that game, you go play Kansas City, a team that you beat already once in Arrowhead this year, to go to the Super Bowl. You know you my feelings. You about don't the care about that little bit of money in the grand scheme of of the season. Yeah, but Spanos and he ain't wired like everybody else, man. And I think that's a lot of the reason why Rivers has not been to a Super Bowl. You you might be right on that, but that's on the organization. Them yes. being tired from traveling back and forth. It, the the second they beat Baltimore, they got to have hotel re- accommodations for the rest of the week. They got to have a practice facility already arranged for them to work out in. They need to be outdoors. They need to be working in those cold weather's. 
in the in the Pacific, not in Pacific Northwest, sorry, in the East Coast of the Northwest area, uh, Northeast area, yeah, and um, and the, and they just need to be ready for that game. Just spend one week there; it's not that big of a deal. That's on the organization. Let's uh, let's jump to Eagle Saint. Best game of the weekend. Yeah, the Saints could not have looked worse to start the game. Start the. I've never seen a. We've seen wild card, uh, not wild card teams, uh, teams that got the bye week look rusty. I've never seen this. No, I mean this was Drew Brees well, opened up first play of the game interception. Well, this is why Fumbles, bad snaps. Yeah, this this I mean, is why you don't like if you've got the bye. Maybe you don't rest the starters the last week. We, of the yeah, that's right. I, I do because agree it, with that. It had been three weeks since they played meaningful football. Correct. And if even then, the it bye. probably hadn't even been that long. It yeah, was, no, they were playing like week sixteen. Weeks. They were still playing week sixteen. Yeah, they yeah. played all the stars week sixteen, but you're right. Week seventeen, if you got the bye, you got to play guys because you can't take that much time off. For the Saints, this is embarrassing, and this is what scares me with picking the Saints over the Rams this week. Is I don't know who the left tackle is. I probably should know his name because they called it out about six times in the game. The dude had multiple false starts. If he didn't have a false start, he had a crucial holding call in in big time plays. I can't figure out how the offense, the one drive where they had to go 112 yards to score yeah, because they had kept getting backed up and backed up, it was all on this one cat. And that's the best That's the best tackle you got? Yeah. I mean, I, I know we're down in the crunch time of the season here, but, but you're going for a Super Bowl, man. Somebody's got to get in that guy's butt and figure out how to block somebody and how to remember the snap count. I don't I don't know what you do with that guy. And apparently they were talking about on the on the on the TV, like this is a pro like this is this is him all year. So the Saints gotta clean that up. First quarter looked awful. One guy for the Saints team had a great game. And that was Michael Thomas. Yeah. He he looked fantastic. Alvin Alvin Kamara was was not bad. No, he wasn't bad. He wasn't bad. He he did what Alvin. He, it wasn't a special game by Alvin, but no. It was, and that's, I guess that's what kind of he's thing. done has been so good lately. His standard is just a little higher. For his me. yeah, the expectation seventy for yards him is rushing way up there. And, and like I forgot what his receiving what, yards 50? were. Yeah, so I mean, if he's not getting you know one hundred and fifty two hundred yards total, it, it's it's kind of not special, which is weird. Thirty five yards receiving, um, but Michael Thomas. The second quarter on, Michael Thomas said, I'm going to take over this game. Yeah. They're not going to guard me. They're not going to block me. They're not going to stop me. And and I'm going to take over this game. Breeze, get me the ball. Don't screw this up. Yeah. No, you're right. Because I don't know that Drew had a great game. No, he didn't. And and that's that's partly why I'm going to be on the over this week. But oh yeah, two weeks in a row him not having a bad game. Yeah, I don't I don't buy that. But Lattimore, almost, it was so good to see him come back from the Debacle that he had last year against the Vikings to yeah. make the intercept. Hey, not just the interception to end it, but he had a great game all oh, the way around. Yeah. Well, after that first quarter, like yes. they they shut them oh, it was down. Over. It was over. The Eagles did nothing. Yeah, you are correct. It's garbage time. It just all happened in the first quarter. Nope, you are right. You're right. All right, that's going to wrap up the NFL divisional round playoff recap. As always, go over to tunicatravel.com. Get more information on the six sports books over there. And, and go to winningcureseverything.com. Follow us on Facebook, like us on Twitter, subscribe on YouTube, subscribe to the podcast, all the wonderful things. We'll check out the previews next time.
All right, NFL playoff previews. This is the NFC Conference Championship game preview. The Rams against the Saints. It's from New Orleans. It's brought to you by Tunica, Mississippi, the South's premier sports gambling destination. We've got six incredible sports books down there. You can go check them all out. Remember, this Sunday, we are broadcasting live from Hollywood Casino. Make sure you come on down. We are recording at 1230. Uh, we're broadcasting it live onto YouTube. So if you're on YouTube, if you're a subscriber already, absolutely come join us. Hang out. Um, if you are going to be anywhere around the Memphis area in person, come down to Tunica. They got food and drink specials, all kind of things. We will be there around 11 o'clock in the morning, and we're going to hang out until time to record at 1230. We will broadcast live on YouTube and Twitter. Uh, both of those wonderful things, wonderful platforms. We'll post it to Facebook afterwards. We'll we'll get there. But uh, but yeah, we I think we're gonna have a good time. I'm excited about it. It'll be fun. We've never done it before, and so th- this will be a first time. You'll be able to hear us. It may be we, a huge embarrassing failure, but be gentle. But we will have fun one way or another, regardless of anything else. We're gonna have a good time. We want to shake your hand, come out, hang out with us. Uh, tunicatravel.com is the place to find more information on all six of the sports books. Let's talk about the game. You got a feel for this yet? Yep. Start me off. Well, I mean, it's it, now if I'm just if if you're not asking me to do a big breakdown, it's very very simple. It's Jared Goff or Drew Brees. That's it's it's as simple as that. I think because Sean Payton was. Sean McVay before Sean McVay was born. Yes. that's. I think both of these guys are two elite-level coaches. I think these teams are made up. Defensively, the Rams have much more star power, but I don't know that they're that much better. No, I think I, think I agree with you. I don't, I don't believe that they are uh, – the Rams are better than the Saints. I think the Saints have proven – They are the best team in the NFL. Yes. Um, and and it doesn't matter who plays for them. I think their scheme is really good. I, I'll tell you what I like about this game. It is two offensive coaches that are not scared of going for it and going against oh, the yeah. the norm, right? right? So, so with the the Saints and the Eagles, the Saints are down and they're down fourteen to nothing, and it's what fourth and two, and you're in a perfect spot to just kick the field goal and get the points. And Peyton says, nah, I'm good. Like, we're going to go for this. Like, I, I trust my offense. Yeah. They went for we a are pay, going to get fake this. punt earlier. Yeah. Same scenario. I, I fully believe that the Saints are the best team in football. And the Rams in this spot, they were at home last week, and even though there was a, a majority Dallas crowd, I think it was 50-50. It, we'll, all right, we'll call it 50-50. Either way, that, that may be generous. Yeah. But this will be no Rams. Oh, no. Zero L.A. Charger or L.A. Rams fans and, will be in attendance. Zero. It, it affected them the first time. This time, I don't know that it'll affect them as much, but it still has an effect on you. Is it strange? Is it any coincidence that three of these four teams, A, all four of the teams left, are four of probably the four best coaches in football. We we might agree with that. I can't think of anybody else that I would put with these guys. Like the Kyle Shanahan maybe, but 
he's not there yet. And then some of the older guys that have kind of been around and done some special things, they're not consistent enough. Well, I mean, is Sean Payton consistent enough? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely, Sean Payton is. In my opinion, I will take Sean Payton over – I'd probably take him over Andy Reid. I don't like saying that because I love Andy Reid. Well, it, if Andy Reid If I wins. had to choose between these four guys, Sean, Sean's, Peyton's my third. He's only my – I would take him over Sean McVay if you're talking about one year. Well, here's the thing, in, in, right? In Sean, Payton, Sean Payton three years ago, you're thinking, eh, no. it, it might be about he, time. Man, he just won a Super Bowl. It would only be about time because he was He didn't just win a Super Bowl. Owner. He won the Super Bowl in 07. Yeah. That's been 11 years ago. Well, three years ago, it was only seven years ago. Even still, the Saints had not – I mean, they were 8-8, eight 7-9, eight, 9-7 nine, nine every season for about four or five years there. So it's not like this team has just been a juggernaut every year. Well, no, but neither are the Chiefs. But Andy Reid has, has won and made the playoffs every year that he's been in Kansas City. So they, like, they made the playoffs last year. Yeah, they did. They got put out by the Steelers. Yeah. I mean they they have made it. Well, no, they got put out by the uh, Titans last. Titans year. last year. That's yeah, right. For right. But but that's Titans. that's what I'm saying. They they make it all the time. Andy Reid wins in the regular season every year. Peyton hasn't. Yeah, but when but Peyton, but when Peyton gets into the playoff, yeah. it's a whole different ball game. Anyway, so I, it, then you've got you've got the four coaches. Three out of these four teams, I would say, have the best home field advantages in football. New Orleans and Kansas City and in New England. In New England, yeah. Yeah, you're probably right. I mean, I would take the, I would take those three places over Pittsburgh who has a great home field. Great Baltimore, great home field. I still think I would be more afraid to go into Arrowhead, the Superdome and Gillette. Just the numbers show those teams just don't lose there. Yeah. No, you're right. That, I mean, it's it's no coincidence that you, you build a good home field crowd, you have good coaching, you can figure this thing out. Yeah, no, you're right about that. Three of the four crazy elite level quarterbacks. Yeah, what uh, what is the over under in this game? Over under in this game is fifty seven. Right, fifty seven. Oh, that's right, that's right. We're I've, recording I've got this on this. Wednesday, and um, so um, that's what the number is today. I got right. fifty seven. So I, let me go on and tell you, I'm going to give you my pick now. Okay. The line is at three the Saints minus three and a half, and it will not move. The juice, it, the juice has has gone from minus one ten on the Saints minus to, three and a half. Now to, it's even. Now it's plus one hundred. And if you yeah. and if you take the Rams, you're laying one twenty right now. Yeah, to to do plus three and a half. So so here's what I have decided. I'm going to take it out of the numbers hands. Somewhat. I believe that these are two offensively aggressive coaches. I agree with that. I think it's going to go over the 57. Okay. And I'm taking the Saints money line, and I'm just parlaying those two together. Okay. All right. That's that's my that's good, my bet. Good luck with the over. I, I don't – I make this clear. I never have a good feel for over-unders in the NFL. I just don't feel like I know anything about them. I'm going to guess this team's going to go under just because – it's the playoffs, and teams just don't score in the 30s every time. I think that's the way it used to be. 
Well, that's the way it was this past week. At this past week, outside yeah. of the Patriots putting a forty burger up on somebody, well, the Patriots a, put a forty burger up. The Rams scored thirty. The Saints scored twenty. Twenty. And the, uh, who else are we? Who am I missing? Chiefs scored thirty-one. Who am I missing? That's it. Those that's are the four it. Winners. Yeah. And so twenty. Twenty is not a lot of points. In the no, NFL. it's not. It, no, I'm, I understand that, but I think the Philly defense is stronger. That well, I think Philly plays a different way okay. than the Rams do. I think the Rams are going to be aggressive offensively, and they're going to score points, which will make the Saints more aggressive and make them have to score points. I think this will be a close game throughout. I, I, I don't, I don't I expect think, it to be 45-35 like it was the last time. I think the Rams can can slow down the Saints some. But just, I, I think this could easily they, be a, a 34-27 game, 34-31. That defensive front's no joke. And Dominican Sue looks like he is playing January football. He, I don't know what he did most of the season because I never – we didn't talk about him a whole lot. But, because he didn't do much. But now, I mean, he's he showed up Sunday, and I expect him to show up Sunday. Aaron Donald's one of the best defensive players in all of football, one of the best players in all of football, offensive or defensive. And and those guys aren't going to go quietly. No. Okay. Now I I think Michael Thomas has a chance to just be a freak because that's who he is. Well, and he, if he did Kamara, it against the the Rams the last time. That's right. And if Alvin Kamara gets loose and has one of his two hundred total yardage games, um, it could get it could get squirrely on him. Um, I'm going to take the Saints minus the three and a half. I am waiting and waiting and waiting for the juice to stop moving and them to drop the hook. That's all I want. But you know what? I'm making the pick right now. Take the three and a half. I'm taking the three and a half. If if they win by three, I am a loser. That's it. I I think you can afford it at this point. I don't like to though. I know after after okay. going eight and zero, oh, uh, you're all right. You're all right. That's all right. All right. That is uh, that's going to wrap up our NFC preview, NFC Championship game preview. As always, head over to NukaTravel.com. Head over to. Um, winningcureseverything.com and this Sunday come see us come see us Hollywood Casino 11am we'll be there come hang out shake our hands let us tell, uh, tell you thank you we'll see you guys then <laughs> AFC preview AFC preview yeah I can't talk uh, <laughs> nailed it <laughs> nailed it the Patriots and the Chiefs Live from Arrowhead. This is going to be Sunday, what, 5.40 p.m.? CBS? Yeah, they're saying 5.40. You think it'll kick off 5.40? No, I think it'll be closer to 6. Yeah, I think I think it will, too, because it depends on the first game. They're yeah. not going to – they're going to hold it. Yeah, they'll they'll hold the kick until the Saints and the Rams are done, and I think the Saints and Rams are going to be a close game. Yeah. So they'll keep people on that one as long as they can. Um, but, yeah, this is from Arrowhead. Chiefs minus three. And what's the over/under on this? It 55 was and a half as of right now. We're doing this Wednesday. It was it was fifty-seven and a half opening. It's come down two full points. Yeah, because it's going to be seven degrees. A little chilly, a little nipply. Um, I'm. That's really cold. It's really cold. That's like it, super it, cold. Like they're they're thinking wind chill could be like negative fifteen. That's yeah. I it's mean, too it's too damn cold. I I agree with you. I mean, that's two boys from Mississippi. We don't do that. We we don't do the seven degree thing. No. Uh, it's supposed to be like so. We're doing the live show. By the way, the show is brought to you by Tunica, Mississippi, South's premier sports gambling destination. They got six incredible sports books down there. You can find more information over at tunicatravel.com. 
we're doing a live show this Sunday, January 20th, before the championship games from Hollywood Casino. We're going to be set up at the stage bar, going live on YouTube and Twitter at, what, 12.30? Yep. 12.30 p.m., uh, and we're going to run for about an hour. We'll be done about 30 minutes before the first game kicks. Come out there. We're set up right next to the sports book. It's going to be a good time. Food and drink specials. Hopefully you will all come out and enjoy it, play a little blackjack during the game. It's the, the what is it, the South's biggest projector screen? Yep. 12 foot by 24 foot. Oh, it's a massive TV. Good, yeah. nice area. Plenty the, of places have you, to have sit. you had the food there? No. The food is fantastic. And I know I'm on this whole 30 diet right now. But Sunday's going to be my, my cheat day. Those are, the, those are the Lord's carbs. I'm telling you. they The chicken wings are awesome. They they got uh, buckets of beer for... $12. 12 bucks. I, I know how much the booze cost. Yeah, because it's two bucks a beer. I have done that. It's fantastic. Uh, they got they got awesome fries, nachos, personal pan pizza things. They got hot dogs. They All your favorite bar food, and it's all dirt cheap. I'm talking... Check this out. Me and a bunch of guys went down for the McGregor-Habib uh, fight. Had six guys to feed all of us and to just drink as much as we wanted. Cost about $45. That's that's pretty we, good. We had food left over, Yeah, and it cost $45. It was awesome. So come out, hang out with us, get some food, listen to the show. We're going to have a speaker set up so that you can actually listen to us. It's going to be a good time. Uh Twelve thirty is the the go live time, but we'll be there about eleven o'clock. Come shake our hand. Let us tell you thank you for supporting the show. Now let's get back into the preview. Let's jump into this thing. Uh, Kansas City Chiefs got the monkey off their back last week. Correct. Finally won a playoff game. First playoff home win since nineteen ninety three. That was the uh, the Joe Montana years. Man, that was a long time ago. But now they got to go up against the evil empire. Andy Reid has been here before. It was a Super Bowl. Yeah. He yeah. Lost that game. He he has not had to play against Bill often. No, they they for both of them to have been coaching as long as they have, he he has they have not matched up very often. No. Um but Andy Reid in, in the playoffs against Bill 0 and 2. Yep. Does that mean anything for this game? I don't know that that will be the reason it it won't go the Chiefs way, um, but but uh, I mean, sure you can say that it's uh so I, again never, seven degrees I've in never, Kansas City. I've never been a fan of trends just for the sake of trends. I need some I need some form of reasoning for for why something is happening, not just this has happened so many times, so it's going to continue to happen. Clay Travis called. The Patriots' performance last week, the dead cat bounce. Have you heard of that? Okay. Dead cat he's bounce. Been, he's been screaming all season that the dynasty is dead. Yeah. And and he's just And here fool. they are in the AFC Championship game again. Yeah. This is 13 out of the 16 years that Brady has played. That is ridiculous. Now, is, is Pat Mahomes in a position where he could start a, a run like that? Ooh, I don't know about that. I don't, I don't know, know that, I don't know that, that, that we'll ever see it happen. I mean, Tom and Bill have played in more playoff games than some quarterbacks will play their regular season games. Like, I mean, yeah. it's just – it's a pretty epic run. 
I agree. I think they were saying last week that Bill was coaching in his 40th playoff game. He only played 16 games. That's seasons. absurd. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, that's that's crazy. Uh, so so those numbers are just a little, little weird. I do think about the cold. And while Kansas City is a cold-weather team and it's their home crowd, and so they should be used to this, this shouldn't affect them negatively. Seven Pat- degrees is different than 30. Patrick Mahomes is a Texas boy. Yeah. He, he's not used to seven. They don't get seven where he's from. Okay? That doesn't happen. I don't know that you can I don't know that you can get used to it in like a week. No. No. And and you can't say, well, he played last year. No, he didn't. He played week seventeen last year and that was it. And I'm quite certain it wasn't anywhere close to this. It, it wasn't we, seven. We've had this conversation before. There's a strong difference between thirty, forty degrees and seven windshields in the negatives. There's just a big difference in that. Yeah. And and I don't know that he's played in that very much. No, you and I talked in the in the recap. Or maybe it wasn't even in the recap. Maybe it was just us talking. Maybe. About uh, Cousin Sal said that, uh, that Clay Travis told him that so weather on, doesn't... Explain this to all, me. All right, so on... And I haven't had... It, I, I work during the day, so I never get to watch, like, their their tv show what's it lock called? it in lock it in um but cousin sal on bill simmons podcast they do guest the lines every week and every monday and I, I listen to that and um cousin sal said that clay has been on this hype that um weather doesn't have any effect at all at the end of the day. like people think about it but the players really don't care it just does not matter it doesn't affect the outcome of any game ever and Cousin Sal was like, I can't believe that. That can't be true. He has to be wrong. So he did like a little bit of research. And everything that he found was like, wow, it kind of really doesn't have an effect. And so he asked Bill to put some of the ringer staffers who are researchers to dig in. They haven't done a podcast again yet. They won't do one until Monday. And and we won't get that information until later. But but it's just one of those things where I'm very curious because my first reaction is, is that can't be true. The weather has to have an effect on games. Now, the only one that I can think of was that that Seahawks Vikings playoff game, where it was this level cold, right? Yeah, and they, I mean, was was Teddy Bridgewater the quarterback? I think he was. Sam, you don't think Sam Darnold, uh, Sam Bradford was the quarterback? No, I don't think so. I think I think this was Teddy Bridgewater, like maybe his first season starting. Um, I don't remember the quarterback, but. I remember, but it. I, I remember it being like ten to nine, right. and they missed that super short field goal. And it, afterwards, the kicker—I mean, he was just like it was like kicking a brick of ice. Like yeah. you can't, you—I couldn't kick it straight. I couldn't kick it at all. Yeah, I couldn't get the ball off the ground. It was that heavy. It was that hard. Um, yeah, I mean that—that's just if I think. It would affect me. I can't speak for how other people. I think the linemen that are rough and tough. Now, obviously, these guys are far tougher than I'm ever going to be. <laughs> but like, they're like, I'm going to go out here in a t-shirt, and I'm, you know, it's not going to bother me. Man, you are crazy. I, the first minute one person slaps my cold arm, I'd be on the ground in tears, just going. I'm going home. Like, there's no. I'm not going to the sidelines. So he, no, I'm going home. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm not doing that. You're calling in sick. So, does this does the cold have more of an effect on because I like again Gillette? I think doesn't do seven often. 
Yeah, but they've done it enough. I I don't think. But are there enough guys on this team that that did it when it was here's, a common here's, thing? Here's the people I think it needs to affect, or it does affect. I I don't think linemen tend to have much effect unless the ground is swampy or frozen. I don't think defensive or offensive linemen have any effect. And I don't think we're, I don't we're think, not we're not looking at snow, no, right? No, no, no. Well, they have the game covered, and it's supposed to snow all week. But the day it's supposed to be sunny is Sunday. So the, the field will be covered. I don't know what that means because they do play on real grass. If you put a cover over it and then take that cover off, is it going to be like marshy? Swan- I, I don't – look, I don't know. I'm not a turfologist. I, I, don't, I don't handle that stuff. <laughs> but I think the running backs can handle it just fine. The receivers, I wonder, can they get in and out of the breaks? Are the fast twitch muscles that they need to have to run precise routes to get open? Are you able to do that? And then I think quarterbacks, can they handle it? Because they're the ones that mentally have to do so many things. Yeah. And when you're that cold, does it affect you? Tom has done this multiple times over and over again. There's no question in my mind this will not affect. It might affect him physically. It might be I'm 41 years old. My body doesn't handle it that well. Yeah. But but the mental mistakes will not be there for him. It absolutely could. Don't know that it will, but it could affect Patrick Mahomes. I don't think he's ever played anything like this. No, I think you're probably right. When he you're played college right. ball in Lubbock, they didn't get much weather like this. No, no. Uh, I don't know that he's used to it, and I—I I mean, we'll see. I'm still going. Like, I'll go on and give you my pick now. I'm going with the Chiefs minus three. Okay. I think they got the monkey off their back last week. I think this week that place will be absolutely fired up, right? I—I I think it will be a a, and it's not that the Patriots haven't seen this before, but I also know that the Patriots are three and five on the road this year. That I don't know why I'm I'm giving you the numbers. Yeah, he's okay. he's also Brady is one and four in AFC Championship games on the road. That's that. He's three he's three and four in road playoff games in his career, and one and four in the last five. Okay, I I think what that tells me is it's a coin flip game of if he's going to win or not or lose, and 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 he's played an odd number and he's lost one more than he's won. I think that's what that tells me. Well, I mean, he's lost three more than he's. No, he's. You're, you're just oh, you're saying talking this about three and four. Oh, he's okay. three and four, Gary. Right. He he started out two and zero. Oh. Yes. Yeah. He's three and four, and now he's one and four in the last five. Yeah. So well, it, are, well I mean, if we're just going to pick and choose the the numbers, I mean, you know, which well, ones we're going to look at? The more recent one, I, like his right. his road record. Just go by the ones that sound right. <laughs> I'm going to go by all of them. I'm going to look at uh, his you, entire body of work. Yeah, but he ain't the same guy that he was when he first started. They're not going to play the same game they played last week. It doesn't matter if he's the same guy or not. This is That's, a different no, game right. plan for every week, much less year to year. Agreed. I'm not saying it's the same game plan. I'm not saying anything like that. Pat's going to whip their ass. That's. Let me just, let me just go I, ahead I knew and put it was that coming out to this. there. This is going to be. This is going to be a thrashing. You saw what happened last week. Now it probably won't be. It'll probably be a close game. I'm rolling with my Pats. I think defensively they're going to find a way to slow this game down. I have no idea how they're going to do it because I'm not as smart as Bill Belichick. But I think they're going to ask Mother Nature for some help. He's got a game plan in mind that's going to slow this team down. If the defense plays the way they played last week, they will bend but not break, and they will do exactly what they did last week. 
and I think the offense will be ready. I don't think this defense is going to do to the Patriots what they did to the Colts. I agree. I, I think agree. they'll get the ball out way faster. I think they'll they'll run a far more complicated offense, and and I think they will control this game from start to finish. I do not think the weather will hurt the Patriots in any way, shape, form, or fashion. People want to continue. So so everybody got on Tom about oh he's playing like everybody hates us. Nobody thinks we can win stuff. He needs to stop that. Well, wait a minute. Almost every analyst in the nation picked the picked the Chargers to upset the Patriots last week. Yeah. And and instantly when they saw it was a bloodbath, was immediately going on Twitter and and picking the Chiefs to win this week. How is how is that not correct in what he's saying? Everyone hates us and everyone's picking us to lose. They all think we suck now. You know what? You keep pick look. I made it clear I'm not betting against Nick Foles anymore because I don't know how he's doing it, but he's winning games. If he doesn't win it, he's covering games. And and I've been right when I blindly just throw all the numbers out. Every number in the world tells me Tom Brady and Bill Belichick is just not smart to bet against those guys. Yeah. Now, so let me give you give credence to what I have heard Patriot people talking about, media members that cover Boston sports teams. Um, about why their road record looked the way it looked this year. If you go back and watch those games, every time it looked like Tom was about to get hit, he just went down. They all were talking about how Tom is just playing the regular season now just for January. He does not care at all about the regular season anymore. He's 41 years old. He's not taking these hits in September or October or November or December. He's just not doing it. So when he goes into Tennessee and when he goes into Jacksonville and the defense gets up after him, when he goes into Detroit and they get after him, he's just going down. He's throwing the ball away and he doesn't care. And if they lose that game, he does not care. He wants to win every game in Gillette. He owes it to every fan there to give them his best, and he's always done that. And then I think other than that, he does not get me to January, and let's roll. Let's go. Okay. So, so this has turned into NBA. The Warriors. Well, I mean, I don't know that it's the Warriors, but it's but that, it's that's some, kind of what it seems like. Right? At some point in time, I don't think he's trying to lose games. He's not well, resting. No, I don't. I don't think that the Warriors plays are, off. Are, I just think he's not. He's not going to take a hit. You're talking about a game in which you, as a quarterback, you get crushed, as yeah. opposed to you're LeBron James and you just got a lot of miles on your legs. Like there's a big difference between what no, those I'm, two teams are. I'm with you. I, I understand you're, you're what you're saying. You're making a comparison that I'll give you that. That's fine. But, but that's, I mean, that's kind of what this sounds like, right? It's, uh, yeah, you just kind of go through the motions, and if you win them, then cool. If you don't, oh, that's I think cool. he's preparing to win all of them. Well, yeah, but if if things don't start going your way, like I think that's how you lose by 20-whatever to to what, the Titans. I think I think when he threw the ball away and had the really bad interception in, in, in Pittsburgh, I think they wanted to win that game. I think they were in that game. I also think he thought, man, this is November, and I'm not taking these hits. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm going down, and if I can throw the ball away to save the down, I'll save it. Oh, it got picked off. All right. We'll get yeah. him next time. Yeah. You might be right. Because he stood in the pocket against the Chargers. He didn't slide. He didn't go down in that game. He stood in the pocket. He took big hit after big hit after getting the ball off. They just couldn't get to him in time. He got the ball off too fast every play, 
and it, it was sharper and crisper than he'd looked the entire season. And I don't think that's just him picking apart the Chargers. I think mentally he was just this he is was when finally it, dialed. This in. is when it matters. Yeah, I can. I can. I understand think Sunday's going to be the exact same thing. I don't think this Chiefs defense is very good. I think they looked great against the Colts. This was a Colts team that was one in five and went on a run. Yeah. And you know what? They're still that same one in five team somewhere deep down inside them. Yeah. Patriots might lose this game. The uh, the biggest it difference in this it game won't be because he's one in four in his last five road games, and so therefore. He's whatever. That won't be the reason they lose this game. No, 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 no. Obviously, everything has to go right for the Chiefs to win the game. I'm not saying that it's just because he's on the road. I'm saying off of that. The biggest difference in this game is there is no Kareem Hunt. Hunt lit up the Patriots the last time. Can Williams do something different to the Patriots? That Hunt did not do. I don't know. I, I know this. I was terrified of Melvin Gordon last week because I think Melvin Gordon is elite-level good running back. Well, but if if the Patriots get out to a 21 nothing lead or whatever, then, yeah, obviously that takes Williams out of the out of the equation. Yes, but I don't see but that happening. if it's a close ball game throughout and the running game is still an option, which it was not for the Chargers. That's right. If the running game is still an option, is Williams the hard-nosed running back that can get those extra yards for you. Probably against the Patriots' run defense all year, people have been able to run on them. Yeah, and I, I don't know that – Hunt was never that guy. The Hunt guy, was the in-space guy. So, Bill takes one guy away every game. That's just what he does. He goes up against the Steelers. He takes Antonio Brown away. He didn't care if Le'Veon Bell got what he wanted. He he, he didn't care he if Juju Smith, Juju Smith Sometimes mm-hmm. he couldn't. Didn't care. He said, I walked in there and Antonio ain't getting his. I think the guy he's going to stop is not Hill. I think it's going to be Travis Kelsey. Because I think... Oh, Kelsey makes the whole thing work. Well, yeah. he opens the middle, which which destroys them, which cuts them into a lot of pieces defensively when you when you can put a big body across the middle like that. Um, that's who I think. But once again, man, I don't know what he's going to do because I didn't foresee the defense that they played against the Chargers scared me to death. It was all-out blitz every time with one safety in the back. And I thought, they complete a pass. It's it's a touchdown. Nobody yeah. can stop these guys. And it was just one of those things where he was like, let them complete a pass. And they they couldn't. They couldn't do it. I, I, so I, I don't want to pretend like I know how they're going to cover them. I'm, I'm just guessing – the answer is you either take away Hill or you take away um, Kelsey. Kelsey. I think the way they've played in the past, I think they'll take Kelsey. Um, Hill, Hill is who scares me the most. Well, yeah. I was coaching the team. I would. I wonder if there's a thing where we can't take Hill, so let's just let him get his. Like, let Hill do his thing, but, but Kelsey is what makes yeah. the – And when they get in the red zone, we shut everybody down. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that's that's the way it works. All right, uh, what about over-under? You you think weather cuts yeah, this thing it, under? No, it's 55-and-a-half, and I think both these teams will score. I, do, I don't think the Chiefs are going to do what the Chargers did and just roll over and lay down. But I, I do think the Patriots can score every other possession. I mean, I think this is going to – it won't be what the first matchup was with these two teams. No, what was that, 83 total yeah, points? Yeah, I mean, it was it, – yeah, they both, they both hit – 
No, it was 40 to... It was 43-40. 43-40, that was it, 83 total. Yeah, I, I don't think we're seeing that, but I could easily see both of these. I mean, I could see a 28-31 ball game. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, so, I, I think it's going to be higher scoring. Um, I, I don't know that the weather... I would love the weather to be a factor, because if it's a factor, I think it hurts the Chiefs. But if it's not... If it's not, I think it's an even game. Yeah, and anything can happen. Anything can happen. That's a far cry from five minutes ago when you were like, Listen, Pats are going to whip their ass. They're, gonna, they're still going to whip their ass. That's <laughs> I believe that. All right, that is our AFC preview, AFC championship game preview. I keep forgetting the championship game part. But it, this is for the AFC, so it's whatever. Uh, as always, brought to you by Tunica, Mississippi, the South's premier sports gambling destination. Six incredible sports books. You can check them out at tunicatravel.com. We are going to be at Hollywood Casino this Sunday, January 20th, going live at 1230. We'll be there about 11 o'clock, shaking hands, kissing babies, all the wonderful things. They got food and drink specials all day. I'm talking dirt cheap, and the stuff is actually really good. Come hang out with us. We'd love to see you. We will see you on Sunday. College football transfer talk. Brought to you by Tunica, Mississippi, the South's premier sports gambling destination. They got six incredible sports books. You can check them all out over tunicatravel.com. We're going to be at Hollywood Casino for the NFL, AFC, and NFC championship games. We're previewing the game. We're broadcasting live. Hollywood Casino, 12.30 p.m. is the time that we're going live. We will be there at 11 o'clock. We'd love to see your faces there. Come hang out with us. You will be able to hear the show there. Uh, we will have a speaker set up. Every, everybody will be able to hear. We're going to be at the stage bar right next to the sports book, right next to the uh, right next to Tunica's biggest projection screen, 12 foot by 24 foot. They got food and drink specials all day. Come hang out. Watch the games with us. We'd love to see you. We'd love to shake your hand, tell you thank you for coming out, coming out and, uh, and, and thank you for watching the show. We always appreciate that. So if you were in the Tunica area, if you're in the Memphis area, come on down. It's the best place to watch the game in the Mid-South. Let's jump into this. Let's talk about Jalen Hurts to Oklahoma. Was this surprising to you? Yeah, I, I really thought he was going to end up either in Miami or Maryland. I did as well. I, I thought he was going to follow uh, Mike Loxley, his former OC. Loxley was the one that that really created the the running quarterback offense at Alabama. Correct. And I thought that, that Hertz would follow him maybe, but Loxley was never able to work with his passing game. So then I thought, well, he'll follow Enos because Enos really worked with him this year, and his passing is worlds better right now than it was before Enos got there. No, I mean, we don't really have a big enough sample size to say that, Gary. It, not a, it's not a huge sample size, but, I mean, the guy had 78 passes this year, and they looked but, great. Okay. Like I, and, I'm and saying, all the games that he got passes in, they were blowing a team out until the Georgia game. You know as well as I do that you can tell a difference. You can tell a difference I, in I how a guy throws a football. Maybe. I, I guess I didn't pay that much attention. My biggest thing was not he would want to go to Oklahoma – I kind of thought Lincoln Riley would kind of get a better quarterback than him. I well, I mean, who? I don't like that's know. the thing. I don't, I don't know. know. I mean, you don't think he can't recruit 
the number one quarterback in the country? Well, he already did, but he's not getting there until the summer. But but that's my question is is like, so do you think Jalen's going to start? Yeah, Jalen Jalen's going to play this whole year. The idea behind Jalen coming to Oklahoma, that's why they got rid of Austin Kendall, right? They are not got rid of, but and now they're trying to block him. That's something else we're going to talk about here in a second. Yep. Um, but Kendall already knew the system, already knew everything, but that's what Riley does is he builds a system around the player that he has. I got you. And with Hurts, he's got an experienced guy that's already been through the wars. No, not knocking Hurts at all. No, no, no I'm but, with you. I'm, how Hertz funny is, is this? It's kind of the back and forth that, Hertz that we used to be. is drastically different than Baker and Kyler Murray. Agreed. I mean, I mean, just obscenely different than those two guys. Yeah, Baker is is an all time passer. Kyler, Kyler is it's all time passer, but is also super fast. No, I'm he's talking super fast, speed demon but, fast. But he can throw the football with the best of them as well. Yeah, it, absolutely, absolutely. Um, Trying to put Hurts in the category of those two guys is just not. It's not fair. That's and not. Yeah, that's not okay. It's they're just different guys. Now there will be people that set the expectation level of that because of what Riley has done with those first two quarterbacks, right? Like they will expect uh, he's probably going to be a Heisman finalist and he needs to make the playoff. Shame on those people. I don't think if, that if that's needs the to be level at all. of standard for success. Then shame on you. Because I mean, you know that that's four what will teams happen. get to go to the playoffs. That's it. That's the list. Well, Oklahoma's made it the first two years of Lincoln Riley's tenure. I, I get that, but to assume that he's going to do it every year is just not okay. No, and I'm that I'm, can't be the standard. I am on your side on this. I agree with you. I I think he goes in, he wins nine, ten games. I think that's a pretty good deal. Um, but he has done this with with grad transfer or not grad transfer, but just transfers. Period. He's done it with transfers before. Well, that's what hurts is is a grad transfer. Yeah, but I'm saying he's. It, the other guys he had at least for a couple of years. Kyler sat behind Baker. That's Baker right. had a couple of years. That's right. So, you know, it, it, now, but they both came from different places. Kyler came from Texas A&M. He did not look like near the quarterback no. at Texas A&M that he turned into at Oklahoma. And Baker Mayfield looked really good at Texas Tech, but he turned into a whole different beast at Oklahoma. I can only imagine what Jalen Hurts will look like when he gets done in Lincoln Riley's system. Correct. I think this was a move that that may have made him millions of dollars. Oh, it could have made him an NFL quarterback. Yeah. I, I think Riley is that good. The The NFL game respects Lincoln Riley's offense so much. And I think that might have been part of why Hurts decided to go this route. Oh, I absolutely agree with that. Now, if you think you can go in this system and you can look really good and you can win, this is the right move. I just it was surprising to me because I didn't think it was an option. I didn't think I figured Lincoln Riley would have gone after a quarterback that fit his system because the last two guys looked a lot alike in how they played. They're both yeah. undersized and they both moved pretty well and they both could sling it with anybody. Yeah. At, at one of these days we're going to talk before the NFL draft because that, by the way, are we going to the NFL draft? Mm. It's in Nashville, right? Yeah, I don't know about that. We'll see. We'll see. We, want, we're also planning want, on a barbecue trip sometime soon. I want credentials. I don't want to go as a fa- – A, it's really hard. It's actually a lot harder to get into than you think because I've been Googling to try to get into them. Um, you can't just go to the NFL.com and buy tickets. Well, I thought the one in Nashville was supposed to be free. No, it is free. It doesn't cost anything, but there's a lottery system. You can't just walk up and say, I want in. Uh, okay, okay. I, Either a, way – 
it, it, this well, is a digress. story for another day. Um, off of Jalen Hurts, in the same program, while they are recruiting a grad transfer, they are blocking. This is what pisses me off about college football. Blocking a grad transfer. This is one of the great pet peeves that I have about college football. Austin Kendall has already graduated from Oklahoma. He's got one more year of eligibility. Is that right? Or is it two? I don't know. Either way, if Oklahoma just signed off on it, he could go to West Virginia where he wants to go and play immediately. But this is part of the rule that was not changed a school can block a player from playing immediately. Now, if, if Kendall really wants to play at West Virginia... But I thought as a graduate transfer, they can. If you graduated, you can nope. go anywhere you want and play immediately. Nope. The school can still block you from playing that very next year. See, I didn't know that. And and Oklahoma is trying... Because that's why I thought Jalen could have gone anywhere, because he graduated. Now, Alabama would not have blocked Jalen. Don't, don't say that. Just don't say that. I... If he wanted to go to Auburn or he wanted to go to LSU, you can bet your ass he would have been blocked, Gary. Don't say that. Uh, you know what? I mean, it's, maybe you're it's right. Because it's right. one of the reasons why I have the problem with Nick that I have. I've been consistent about this all the time. It's not I hate him because I ain't him. It's, it's I don't like the way he plays the game. You can say he plays it to win, and that's fine. But – but he gets up there and he openly calls kids who want to transfer out of his programs quitters from a podium, which millions of people listen to. But yet he'll go take somebody else's transfer in a heartbeat. I guarantee you. That is my problem. I guarantee you. Oh, he wouldn't call him a He would Jaylen. never call no, Jalen Hurts no, a quitter. But, but I assure you of this. Jalen wasn't going to Auburn and he wasn't going to LSU. That's a, Gus Malzahn made a, a late push for Jalen Hurts. That, that ain't But, that I, ain't I, happening. but you, you might be right. They might have tried to block that one. And I think that's garbage. I think if a coach can leave at the drop of a hat with no repercussion whatsoever and nothing stopping them other than some language in a contract that they got to sign because they're being compensated, then I think the players who are not being compensated with anything other than a scholarship should be able to say, I'm going to drop this scholarship and I'm going to go pick up this scholarship with no questions asked. Everybody that recruited this kid is gone. Yeah. His OC is gone. His quarterback coach is gone. Why should he have to stay at a school where the people that sold him on that school are no longer there? Well, now, are, are you talking about Oklahoma or are you talking well, about – Well, I'm talking about Jalen. Because Oklahoma, sense, yeah, they're still there. They're all still oh, – same thing with Oklahoma. The, the guy that recruited him, well, I guess he's still there. No, he's still there. That's what I'm saying. He's no. still there. Anyway. Uh, but, but it doesn't matter. Lincoln could have left tomorrow for the, for the NFL. No, you're right. He could leave right. tomorrow for another job. Uh, did you see the uh, the Jaden Hazelwood kid, the five star receiver that's now at Oklahoma, that called the uh, the Georgia coaches fake and not genuine? Uh, it, because he it, so he he was going to go to Georgia. He had been no committed to him for a long time. He's from Georgia. He was going to go to Georgia, but uh, Jim Cheney was in his house talking about all the stuff they were going to do with him. They were going to change up the offense for him at Georgia. Da 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 da. And days later. Cheney's gone to Tennessee. And that's what he was talking about. He said, they're all fake. They're going to sell you on this. They're not genuine. They're going to tell you all these things that they're going to do with you, and then they'll leave. They'll leave. This is why the players have to be able to transfer without replica. And I'm, and I'm okay. I understand it can't be the Wild Wild West and all this other stuff, 
but you should be able to get one transfer. You can't be a free agent every year. You can't transfer every year. But you absolutely should be able to say, you know what? I was sold to this team. I came to this school. I was promised all these things. I got here, and I just didn't like it. It's, it's what I said on the Daily Show the other day, which is you better be in love with, with your head coach. You better be in love with now, you, you better be in love with the place. Yeah. The the program and and everything that is there. You better love that. Don't fall in love with the coach. Don't fall nope. in love with this and that. Now the coaches obviously will have to make a difference if you're wanting to play at the NFL, right? But you better love the place that you're going. Because there ain't no telling who's going to be there by the time you're gone. That's, right? That's the problem I have is the coaches can leave at will. Yeah. So the And the, they should be able to as well. So it's so back onto the Austin Kendall thing, which is basically what we've been talking yeah, sorry about. about that. Yeah, um, Oklahoma's blocking him. They're blocking him from anybody that is on their schedule for the next two years. Yes, and I don't. I hate that rule. I, I think it is completely ridiculous because if the kid was good enough to beat you, good enough to to win your starting job, then you wouldn't be letting him go. That's right. Obviously, you don't think enough of him, so. Why in the world would you block him from going to another school with a brand new head coach that you don't feel is in your class anyway? And so that means he can't play anywhere in the Big Twelve. So for so anybody that's on Oklahoma's schedule, Oklahoma so says, Houston I'm, I'm or more, whatever. I'm more concerned about the Big Twelve because that's where he lives, Power Five area. The only schools in his region are all right there, and they play them all. Yeah. So he has to leave. A place, and I don't know if he's from that area. He might be from Florida or California or whatever. But but let's say a kid, let's say like a lot of kids come from Alabama. A lot of kids come from Mississippi. A lot of kids come from these small southern areas, these small southern states. And and if you came from there and you want to stay close to home, but now all of a sudden you want to transfer, well, we'll let you transfer, but you better be willing to go play in Washington. You better be willing to go play in Oregon. Oh, man, I don't know anything about the West Coast. My family can't ever come watch me go Ken, play there. Kendall is from North Carolina, from Charlotte, right. North Carolina. So, that, so that's irrelevant. But but it's the same concept of we're, we're forcing this kid to move away from an area that he went to just because you don't want him anymore. Or he doesn't yeah. want to be there anymore. What if you love him? That's fine. Man, this is America. You have a right to change your mind. That's true. There's, there's a, almost nothing you can't get out of in this country that you made a decision on except for taking a scholarship from one school and then that school saying we're going to tell you where you can and can't play if you ever want to leave here now you're right i just think that's garbage so i watched a youtube video not too long ago about the ncaa a friend of mine sent it to me the ncaa and like the history of it and how it was founded and its only purpose when it was founded was to protect students because kids were and now getting, it's a far because kids far were getting killed, thing. and now all it does is protect the establishment, and it cares nothing about the students, nothing. And anybody from the NCA want to call us and, and 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 argue that point? I would I would like to see some type of case that you would make to where you actually put the students' best interest at heart. Yeah, where you have protected and defended students. Yeah, because you don't you defend schools, you defend establishments now. I'm with billion-dollar organizations and multi-million-dollar coaches, but these kids that get, oh, they get a scholarship. Well, congratulations. You know what that degree is going to get you? Almost nothing. 
Almost nothing nowadays. Almost nothing. You're talking to two guys that don't use a degree at all. Nope. Or don't have a degree. Yep. We make a living. Yeah. And we're doing it just fine. It works out fine. That's it right. works out well. Um, let's talk about Tate Martell going to Miami. So, the waiver process, it, obviously we're not big fans of the, the graduate transfer deal, et cetera, et cetera. Tate Martell decides once Justin Fields enrolls at Ohio State that he is out. out. He's not hanging around. He's not fighting for this job. None of that mess. He's going to Miami. So he decides to transfer. And now he is actually lawyering up so that he can play immediately. Correct. For Miami in 2019. Our guy Mars doing that? Uh, no, this is not Mars. Okay, I know uh, that he's. I know that Mars he's has done, done a lot of them for many, many, many of these. Um, Mars is is representing Justin Fields. Oh, okay, so, I knew that. I recognize yeah. the name from. He he needs he needs to get on the Oklahoma guy too. Kendall, somebody needs to get on the Oklahoma. Guy. Somebody will get on Kendall. That that'll happen. Like it, this, it, Oklahoma's not going to be able to block him. All right. Um, but at the NCAA can can approve any waiver that they want to, right? That's right. So Justin Fields, it was the baseball player with the racial slur, and for Tate Martell, I could not figure out anything. What's his case going to be? Yeah, I, I don't so, know the answer. But, but he's either. that's what he's doing, and so reports are that that he's got a better chance than you would think. Well, yeah, and of good, course, good attorneys can. Make can stuff sway happen. anything. No, they yeah. make they make things happen. I'm not. So his biggest thing will be the coaching change, right? But coaching changes in the past have have never. That's right. That's that's not going to get you to play immediately. Like you'll have to sit out the year. But because he was not involved in all of the uh, extracurricular stuff that happened at Ohio State, they think that he might use that. To try and get an immediate, I didn't know this program was as dirty as it is, and I don't want to be associated with it. Yeah, I mean, I'll but tell here's you this: the thing. in today's in today's climate, in the world in which we live today, I actually think if you wanted to walk now, it's kind of hard to say I want to leave there and go to Miami. But yeah, if, if you if you wanted an out, I think it would be real hard for you to go to whatever body is judging you and say. Look at the people running this place. I strongly disagree with what the leadership has done, and I want out. And for you to be able to say, I kind of agree with the kid. Yeah, I, I wouldn't want I wouldn't want them attached to my resume either. Would we, I think it? Granted, like I said, tough pill to swallow when you when you're changing that for Ohio uh, for Miami. But I I I I'd actually like the argument. Yeah, no, I, I like the argument as well. And and Miami for what it is, uh, I mean the reputation of the program has been cleaned up with Rick. Oh yeah, yeah. That, like all Manny of, Diaz all of its is reputation was years past, and it's and it is wait even before Rick got there, they weren't good at football anymore. But but they had cleaned it up from the the just. I am of the opinion that they if, were. If they let Tate Martell play immediately. You just need to do away with the waiver process. Oh, completely. Just just let everybody but, go and play wherever they want to but immediately. What, but that's Every, what you and I have talked about in the past. Right. But if you get one if, transfer. If you're gonna have these rules you get one do over. If you're gonna have the rule and then people find loopholes out of them 
every totally, freaking totally time, agree. then then just do away with it. This is this is where I always want to put my lawyer hat on, even though I don't know a whole lot about the law, and just say, look, if there's loopholes around it, we need to just scratch it. If we're not going to enforce it, then we need to just yeah. scratch it. Because it, that's the thing. They're not enforcing this at all anymore. Kids are playing immediately it, uh, over the past three, four years. The number one it question all I the ask time. about a rule is, what is its purpose and who is it hurting? Yeah. Okay. These are the two questions I ask. Does it serve a, a purpose? Does it actually serve a purpose? And who is it hurting? And, and when you ask, if I said everybody should be able to transfer once, free of charge, no, no, no ifs, ands, or buts, no questions asked, um, no penalty, you just get one do-over in life. I was 17 or 18. I made a commitment. I, I shouldn't have to live with that commitment forever if I got into it and realized I made a bad decision. Regardless of what the decision was, you should be able to say, I changed my mind one time. We all should have that. I would like to know who that hurts. I don't have an answer for you. Well, the only people it hurts are the are the the big boys that write the rules. Yeah. Because because nobody is making a commitment to go to a small school and then saying, Oh, well, I think I want to go, you know, sit behind the three quarterbacks at Clemson. You know, That's nobody's true. gonna have a great year at Memphis and be like, Oh, man, I think I'll just go play at Clemson behind Trevor. Like no nobody's gonna do that. Or or you could have a really good but, uh, but you could say or you it, it, a situation like this year where Oklahoma is looking for a quarterback. They've got a team, but they need a quarterback. That's right. In that situation, yeah. Well, um, and, and let's say I, I, as a young recruit, I want to go play behind Trevor. I just watched him win the national championship, and I say, you know what? I want to test myself against the very best. I want to go play behind him. Then there's and nothing I wrong with I want to see that. if I can beat him. And if you get there and you realize he's a true freshman and he says he's going to stay for four years, and you're like, all right, I'm not doing this. He, It's okay to say – I tried. I tried to beat the very best, yep. and I couldn't. And there's no shame in that. So let me go play somewhere else where I could play for three years and, and then do whatever I can do. It's like or Justin four Fields. Years. Yeah. I yeah. don't think there's anything wrong in that. Yep, I agree. So, I agree. I, I don't like the blocking, though, even more than the fighting to have the NCAA, having to fight the NCAA for waivers. At least the NCAA has kind of turned over a lot of these waivers yeah. and given in. I really hate the blocking. I, I mean that in, in well that that part that of the rule should have been me. rewritten at the same time that the other transfer stuff was done, right? It should have been rewritten, and it wasn't. And now Oklahoma's taking advantage of it, and I think it it makes Lincoln Riley look small. Yeah, I mean it, it's it's not a good look for them whatsoever. Uh, I don't think it helps you out recruiting in the future. I don't know, but man. I could be Nick, wrong. Nick has blocked plenty of people, and he's never hurt being recruiting. He just never has. Well, most people don't believe that they're uh, that they're going to end up recruiting or uh, uh, transferring. That's the thing. Like, it, if you want to be an NFL player, you go to Alabama. I don't know, man. But guys but, tried to tried to follow Kirby, and he blocked them. There, there was there was, was one guy, but doesn't matter. That's this is one guy. That, one is agreed. too many. But it but, didn't hurt Nick in recruiting after that. Sure the hell wish it would have. Eh, yeah, okay, okay. I'm with you. Now, that ended up going the way it was supposed to. That's right. Um, but even still. It didn't, it, didn't, it, didn't stop, it didn't stop him from stepping to a podium and calling the kid a quitter. Just that saying. was a different kid. Just saying. Blake Barnett. That's who he was talking about. 
And that's because Blake Barnett quit on his team in the middle of the season. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. So it, I, I understand the, the different side yeah, of that. You're talking about semantics. It <laughs> does not matter. All right, that wraps up our college football uh, transfer talk, I guess. Like, I, I don't know what segment we're going to call this, but but that's what that is. Uh, as always, show is brought to you by Tunica, Mississippi, South's premier sports gambling destination. Six incredible sports books. Go check them out at tunicatravel.com. We will be at Hollywood Casino this Sunday. Sunday? Yeah. January 20th. I had to double check myself. That's, right. I'm like, that's okay. January 20th. We're going to be there about 11 o'clock. The show starts at 1230 Come hang out. We're going to go for about an hour. We'll be done about 30 minutes or so before the uh, the Rams and the Saints kick off. Food and drink specials. It's going to be a good time. Hollywood Casino, January 20th. Come hang out with us. We want to shake your hand. We want to tell you thank you for your support. We appreciate you guys. We'll see you next go around. NFL coaching news. We always like discussing the coaching hires. We got a lot more offensive coordinator, defensive coordinators. Uh, we got a, a few more head coaches from last week. That's right. We do want to go over uh, all of this, so let's let's jump into it. The show, by the way, brought to you by Tunica, Mississippi, South's premier sports gambling destination. They got six incredible sports books down there. You can check them all out. Get more information at tunicatravel.com. This Sunday, January twentieth, we will be at Hollywood Casino for a live broadcast previewing the Chiefs, Patriots, and the Rams and Saints. So we're going to give you all the information you need to make your bets. We are setting up on the stage bar, which is right next to the biggest projector in the entire Tunica area in all the casinos, 12 foot by 24 foot. I'm telling you, this place is awesome. Perfect setup to watch games. They got food and drink specials all day, $12 buckets of beer. That's six beers for 12 bucks, man. Two bucks a beer. They got chicken wings that are like 50 cents a pop. They got uh, pizzas and, and fries and nachos and hot dogs and anything you want to eat. And they got it dirt cheap. And it's awesome. I've been down there multiple times, sat and watched games, sat and watched fights. It's awesome. Hollywood Casino, the place to be Sunday, January 20th. We are going live at 1230. We will be there at 11. We want to shake your hand, come out, say hello. We want to tell you thank you for supporting the show. Let's jump into this thing. What's the first hire you want to jump on? The Browns? Yeah, let's get to Freddie Kitchens. Let's jump into Freddie Kitchens. You want to talk about DC and OC first? No, no, I want to talk about Freddie. I want to talk about Freddie. Very. Well, this is near and dear to your heart, so I'm going to let you take the reins well, on it. So, there was one guy I wanted this hiring season, and I didn't get him. That Bruce was, Bruce Arians. It was Bruce Arians, and the, the Bucks got him. Yeah, and, and and I wanted the combination of Arians and Bowles, and that's that's who I wanted. And I kind of after I knew that wasn't going to happen, I just was very disappointed with all the rest. I didn't like the interview list at all. Every day I looked at who they interviewed next, and I was just like, "This is what we're doing." Like I'm so <laughs> disappointed. But then they make the Freddie hire, and I'm thinking, "Well, out of everybody they interviewed." I'm 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 good with giving a shot to somebody I wasn't expecting because I I just wasn't a fan of the other guys. Now his resume is 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 thin. Yeah. When I listened to his press conference, he is not polished as a speaker at all. Looks just incredibly uncomfortable in a suit. They should have just let him wear his hoodie. Um, 
I like that. I don't know anything other than he was very honest. He was a very straight shooter. He did not give you coach speak at all. He's not afraid to answer a question in a very honest and real way. And um, and and I, if he didn't know the answer, he had no problem saying, I don't know how we're going to handle that. I don't know how I'm going to do that. Like, he didn't just make something up. It wasn't typical Hugh Jackson. I do think his press conference was a complete – F you to Hugh Jackson because the first thing he said was is there's no I there is no I'm sitting in my chair and you're sitting in your chair and and there was no oh I gotta look at game film before I answer that question no he just tell you the answer he just told you what he thought yeah and it was all about we're gonna figure this out as a team I'm not going to have all the right answers I'm going to lean on my other coaches I'm gonna lean on the organization the front office for help with everything and everything we do will be a collective collaborative effort and I really like that being the Pats fan that I am watching other organ we always say this forever and ever and ever organizations win championships yes not individuals and he was very much bought into the organization of the Cleveland Browns winning this thing I trust in John Dorsey I think John Dorsey is probably the best overall football man general manager in all of the nfl Whew. i i really do yeah, what I mean, he, he might built, be right what he built man. in kansas city is pretty amazing and he left kansas city strictly because there was nothing to build now you gotta hold your nose a little bit because he's gonna take football guys he only cares about football so if you beat somebody about the face every now and again you're just gonna have to swallow that pill and say yeah. man all right that's just He's going to be wearing brown and, and orange for a while. But you know, that's John Dorsey. Yeah. He, he don't miss. I, I questioned a lot of his draft picks. All of them hit. I, I was wrong. He hit all of them. He had a lot of draft picks last year. He hit them all. I, I There's not a lot that I question about what he does. Get to the OCDC hires. Steve really, Wilkes. Really like yep. Steve Wilkes. Steve Wilkes was a star. Stud in Carolina. Yeah, he's and when defensive he, coordinator, former head coach of the Arizona yep. Cardinals. And he got one year at Arizona, taking over a terrible team, had a bad offensive coordinator hire, and and you're one and done on a bad team. He's doing exactly what he was born to do, which is coach defense. And I'm going to tell you this. When he was at Carolina, his defenses were lights out. They were tough as nails. And, and I'm very excited about him. Pretty excited about Munkin coming over from Tampa Bay as the OC. Now, I like that Freddie's going to continue to call plays. Yes. I want a head coach that calls plays because I don't have to worry about another team just coming and hiring my OC as their head coach next year. If he's not the play caller, it usually doesn't happen. Um, but if you look at the offenses – and what I mean, Fitz Magic for a couple of weeks was crazy. Well, and even it. So the reason that the Bucks lost this year was not the offense. No, it, and not until Jameis got back. And then I well, think even, there's only even then, so much you can do with Jameis. But but even then, they were still putting up points. Some games, yeah. So it it was there were some games. Oh, but yes, you're right. But defense through an is NFL just, season, just pure total garbage. Yeah, the defense was awful, and the defense cost them a. Ton of games, and I think he was ultimately fired 
because or let go because um well the whole staff was yeah but there was talks that he was going to get the head coaching job they were just going to get rid of cutter and move him up but i think i think he kind of earned it i mean he didn't he wasn't the reason they were bad no but i also think they saw Jameis didn't improve under him yeah, and well, you know the, what? the thing was, Dirt Cutter was the offensive coordinator. I think there's only so many times well, Cutter, that you can continue to to hire the OC, right? Well, yeah, because, that's right. They just put Cutter. Cutter. Uh, Shiano was the the head coach, right? And then Cutter got hired to to. Well, at one point in time, in. to fix the plays, like Cutter took over play calling. I'm thinking play calling wasn't your problem. Well, no, Cutter Cutter was the problem. play caller when he was the OC. Yeah, I'm talking about this year. No, I, I'm with you. To start the season, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, Munkin I'm with was you. calling play it, at, in the middle of the season when they were still bad and the record was terrible. Cutter was like, "I'm taking over play calling," and I thought, "Man, I, I think I think some 38 year old dude from Harvard's averaging 40 points a game for you." Yeah, it, yeah. I don't think play calling's play the problem. Calling. It ain't um, the offense. That's right. It, I'm happy with that. I I like that Freddie's still working the play calling. Um. And I like that they're going to run this as an organization. I, once again, I'm just going to trust John Dorsey. I I, like I think it. he knows far more about this stuff than I do. Freddie Kitchens has been around the world. He's got the he's got the freakiest resume out of any NFL coach standing right now. Yeah, it's and, insane. And that's not like freakish good. Like this guy, based on merit, based on resume. Did not deserve this job compared to everybody else that interviewed for it. I'm I'm very glad that he's the guy over everybody else that interviewed for it. He's he's a football guy. I like football guys, and I like him as a man. The way he took accountability when they asked him hard questions, the way he doesn't just give you coach speak, he doesn't do the Belichick thing where he just gets up there and mumbles and gives you nothing. He's going to answer your questions very honestly, and if you said something or asked him about something inappropriate, he has no problem telling you, just putting you in your place. Yeah, I'm not going to answer that. I, I yeah. I'm very excited for for what Cleveland football has to come in the next couple of years. Let's talk about something else. I know you're excited about uh, Vic Fangio. Man, the Denver Broncos got a good one. Bears DC. Uh, they hired offensive line coach Mike Munchak, who was second for the job, I think. Right? Yeah, and he was the other. Yeah, he was the they, their OC is a uh, quarterback's coach from uh, 49ers. 49ers. Rick Scangarello. And Munchak was – so those were their two option B and option C if they don't get Fangio. Yep. And there were a lot of talks that Fangio wasn't going to take his job. That, that, that dude's a 60-year-old guy that's been a D.C. his whole life. And there's a lot of people that think, hey, man, I'm good at this and I'm very happy doing it and I'm paid pretty well. And things are rolling so well in, in, in Chicago with, with this new defense we got. Why would I leave and take a head coaching job? He took it. And then he brought the, oh, the DB coach with this, him to be their uh, defense coordinator. You know how much I Donatelle. love this Bears defense. And now I have no idea what they're going to look like because two dudes that were just stud coaches just left. Yeah. That's going to be hard to replace in Chicago, man. That yeah, you're, you're right. I would not be worried about Parky right now. I would definitely be worried about trying to fill those shoes. Yeah, because the defense won them games this year. Oh, totally. Just, just bottom line. And I think Fangio is an elite-level coach. I really think he's good. I don't know that he's going to be a great head coach. I've talked about this in the past. 
in the NFL, all sports do this. All The corporate world does this. There is a philosophy that people get promoted to a point of failure. The reason you get a promotion and then another promotion and then another promotion, and then all of a sudden the promotions stop is usually because you got pushed up to a point that you're not good at that job anymore. Because the job that you have now is not the job you did last time. They're totally different. I think that happens in the NFL more than any other sport where you can be an unbelievable offensive-minded coach or an unbelievable defensive-minded coach. But when you have to sit in the head chair and make all decisions, you're not good at that job. I don't want to see that with Fangio because it – I, I like him, and I I like that defensive guys are still getting jobs. I'm with you. I'm with you. Uh, let's talk about the Dolphins coach. I do think the Bears are going to be nasty. Uh, the Broncos are going to be nasty defensively. Oh, I, I agree with that. Um, the Dolphins, Brian Flores. Okay. I, this, Linebacker coach from the Patriots. I was a little surprised. Very green. Very green. Yeah. Um, I, I guess he's – been the defensive coordinator, but not really. Um, not entitled, but he did kind of everything else for the defense except for call the plays. Um, and he might be calling plays. I don't know if him or Bill is doing that. I just know Bill. I mean, he's he's just the linebackers coach, though. No, I mean, yes, entitled. That's what his title is. He's done the job of defensive coordinator all year. Uh, Matt Patricia did that for like three years. They went without a defensive coordinator. And then finally, Patricia got the defensive coordinator title. Bill okay. Bill is big on you got to earn the title, but we're going to give you the job. You're going to do all the work. You're just not going to get the pay or the title that goes with it. Um, <laughs> it's 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 Bill. Uh, here's so this is the NFL got crushed this year with the minorities. All all the the coaches that got fired, so many of them were all the, the black coaches, the minority coaches. And then he's the only one that got a job. And the problem is, is I don't know that that's a good job. I don't know that that's a job that he can keep because I think these guys keep getting jobs before they're ready. I think Steve Wilkes is going to be a good coach. I don't think he was ready to be a head coach. No, I agree with you. And, and um, I've heard a couple of other people talk about this and, uh, and I don't, I don't remember who I wish I could credit them. But there needs to be some type of like system in place to where if you we need more minority coaches in the NFL. It, you know, so much of the league is made up of minorities and players. You have to have some comparable minority representation in coaching, um, in leadership positions. I think that's important. Front office as well. I think to get there. You can't just have a guy be a first-year defensive face of a, of a program and, oh, he did good, let's give him a job. Because then if he fails at that job, he, you didn't help him and you didn't help the, 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 the rest of them trying to make a difference. You've got to groom them. You've got to teach them the job. You've got to let them – give them all the tools there is because I'm sure just coaching next to Belichick doesn't mean you've learned everything – I don't know no. that Bill shares all the things that he has inside his head with his coaches. Because when they leave right. there, they don't they don't tend to do well. No, no, it, it, none of his coaches. And, like Bill O'Brien is is the best coach. I don't know that he's great. I don't know that he's good. And that's the thing. Like we we've know. talked about Bill O'Brien all year. We we thought. Sorry about that. Uh, when he started zero and three, we thought he'd be the first coach fired. I thought he's going to be fired. I thought I thought either Hugh, him or Hugh were going to get canned. That, yeah. that's who, that was the list. 
And then he goes on a what? He wins nine nine in straight. A row. No, he lost, he won nine straight. It was just crazy. And but like three of those games, the other team just hit the the first three. The other team was like, "Here, I need you to get a win so you don't get fired and you stick around for the next decade." Yeah, give him an extension. And then it keeps going. And then it just kept going. Um, I, I, so I don't I don't really know how to how to handle that. I I don't know what Miami's doing. That's my biggest no problem. Idea. I don't, and they're talking about Tannehill's thinking about. I think he's a free agent, and he's talking about leaving. I don't know who's going to be the quarterback there. Kyler there, Murray. There have been reports. Okay. <laughs> there have been reports that they're in like tank for Tua mode, but that didn't really happen in the NFL. And if it does, and you tank for Tua, and if you do tank, I don't know that that's a bad plan, by the way. Um, but if you do tank, this is a place where you gotta wear that resume. And so if you go 15 and 1 or 16 0 oh and 16 or 1 and 15 sorry yeah. the other way like and then the next year you get the guy you were hoping to get and let's say you go you know 5 and 11 5 yeah I was just I was trying to come up with a, a not a terrible record but not like a great record I think I think there's a lot of places that were like we knew we tanked last year but we tanked last year and then you started a losing record this year we're going to fire you yeah, like I think you can lose your job. I don't know that if I'm the if coach, you, I would you buy create, into that. If you create a losing culture, I guess it, it is tough to get out of that. Really, really hard to get out of that. And this is not college where you no. you flip over players. No, right? You can't go get a bunch of graduate transfers or JUCOs and and just be studly. The no, next you year. you got guys under contract. Yeah, and and they are going to be your team, and that is I, that's is I what just, it is. I don't know what's going on there, and I hate that he ended up there. The Bengals hired Zach Taylor. I don't know what in the hell is going on in in. Well, you know exactly Cincinnati. what's going on. It's the same thing that's going on everywhere else across the league. Anybody that has ever graced the presence of Sean McVay is getting a job right now. And, and Zach Taylor, the quarterback's coach of the Rams, is now the head coach of the Cincinnati Bengals. So, I heard... I mean, I, I just I, this kid is young, and he might be fantastic. So I so I followed so I followed Jason Lockenfloor, and I listened to him a lot, and I heard him say today in an interview that anybody any owner that has sat and talked with Sean McVay knows how much of a unicorn Sean McVay is. If he is so much a unicorn, that doesn't mean that everybody who has pepped the unicorn or fed the unicorn, is going to be a unicorn. Why do you think that they got anything out of him like he has? I think this is the most foolish trend I've ever seen, and I do think that we are about to get into a world of haves and have-nots for the next two to three years. All right, here's, here's his coaching resume. Texas A&M grad assistant from 08 to 2011. Dolphins assistant quarterbacks coach in 2012. Dolphins quarterbacks coach 2013 to 2015. Was Gates with the Dolphins those times, I wonder? I know for obviously 2015, 2014, but I wonder. I have no idea. I wonder if he was there for 2012. 2015, he was the offensive coordinator there. Here is the, the connection. He was the offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach for the Bengals in 2016. Okay, so and they then, know who he is. And then the Rams in 2017, he was the assistant wide receivers coach. 
And then in 2018, he was the quarterback. quarterback's coach. And so, he, so he's uh, got history with the Bengals. He played quarterback at Nebraska and he was, uh, under and he, under Bill Callahan. And if he coached under Gase, because I actually do respect Gase as a head coach and an offensive mind. I think he's a sharp guy. Well, I think he used to be. I don't know what the hell happened the other day. But He was he was there. Well, no, he wasn't there for Gase. Well, he 20, had to be there for his 2015. 20, but Gase was there 2016, 2017, 2018. Gase wasn't there in 2015? No, Gase was only there three years. Wow, I didn't know that. I was about to who was up. there before him? Joe Philman? I don't know. I don't remember who it was in 2015. But no, I don't think... Gase was only there three years. Hmm. So, I mean, that's that's interesting. I don't know off the top of my head. Um, you, and I'm, I'm looking it up right now, as a matter of fact. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know who it was. Um... But, yeah, I, I thought, like, I didn't know what the connection was, mm-hmm. but that's the connection. Well, I knew he had a connection to Sean McVay. I mean, I knew that's what's going on. Joe but. Philbin was the head coach uh, until October 5th. They went 1-3 and three to oh, start. Oh, Dan Campbell. And Dan then, Campbell. And then Gase came in. So, the whole time he was there, he was under Philbin. Under well, all those Philbin and, and Campbell. And Campbell for half the season. Yeah. Yeah, that's not good. Joe Philman's not a good coach to learn under. So I don't know. I mean, he he's they he's might associated. Be, they with, might they might be tanking for two or two. They might be. <laughs> hey, you might be right. I I don't know. I don't know. I can't make sense of it. That's a that's a bad organization. Yeah. Uh, let's let's wrap Cle- up with Cleveland's uh, getting better. Yeah, and Cincinnati's taking their place. Let's wrap up with the uh, the OCs and DCs. Uh, the Jags hired John DeFilippo, uh, great offensive coordinator, not necessarily a good play caller. So it works out well. So I mean, is is Marone going to call the plays? Oh yeah, Marone calls the plays all the time anyway. Marone's okay. called the play this year. I mean, he's a play caller. He's an OC. He's an offensive guy. So yeah, that I actually think that's a pretty good hire. Uh, Vikings hired. This is uh, the best hire. Gary Kubiak. This is the best hire. Um, in my opinion, or actually, no, time. he didn't go to the Vikings, did he? I thought the Vikings kept. No, he no, he's not an OC. Kubiak isn't. Yeah, he is. He's no, yeah. no, no, because his son got a, a job with him, but Kubiak is like a, an off-field assistant. I thought his son was because the, like the quarterbacks coach, and no, the guy that uh, that took over the job, mm-hmm. um, he is the new. Offensive is advisory role. Yeah, man. Okay, I thought he was going to be the OC. No, he's so who uh, for the OC. The OC is that. Uh, what was the guy that? Uh, the guy that took over this year. Yeah. Um. And I can't remember. Is it Kevin something? I'm googling it now. We should have known all this stuff. Yeah, you would think so. Really bad. Uh, Kevin Stefanski. That's who. It okay. Is. And so, but Kubiak's son got hired on the staff as well. Yes, and that's, I knew, that's why I knew that, which is why over. I thought Kubiak was going to take the OC job. Um, I don't think Kubiak wants an OC job. I don't think he, I don't think he cares that much about. Like he's interested in like game planning and and all that, but I don't think he cares anything about. He don't want to be there on Sundays. No, he don't want to work Sundays. I get that. Uh, I don't like working Sundays either. Cardinals, they hired Vance Joseph as their defensive coordinator, and I think that's a pretty probably, good hire. Probably good hire, Vance Joseph. Very good coordinator. Probably not a good head coach. Cliff Kingsbury cannot find an offensive coordinator. He's offered it to a couple of people, and they've all turned it down. So Sarkeesian said no. DeFilippo said no. Jake Spavital said no. 
Spavital, West Virginia offensive coordinator, that is now the head coach at Texas State. That's right. He took a um, head coaching job. Ben McAdoo and Jim Bob Cooter are the next two names that they have on their list. That's right. I think either one of those would be fine. I think either one's fine. He he's going to call his own plays. Yeah. I, I think I think getting had he gotten DeFilippo, that's what he needs. He needs a a professional NFL offensive coordinator. DeFilippo was a was seen in the league as a very good offensive mind. Yeah. He just was a bad play caller everywhere he ever went. And and I think going to a place like like Arizona where Kingsbury's going to run his offense. He just needed a guy like Felipe, but it, like I said, it works out well with him in Jacksonville because that's the same setup. Jim Bob Cooter, I think, would be great for him. I, ben McAdoo, like that, might help you as far as the former head coaching aspect. But McAdoo was so terrible with the Giants that I don't know. Yeah, he ran a lot of people raw too. Yeah, Cooter, Jim Bob Cooter, I don't think did that. I don't think he he burned a lot of bridges. No, no, no. he's. I think he was fine. Um. That's all I've got on my list. You got anybody else? No, I mean that's the that's the bulk of it. But and I know we're going a little long. Can we figure out? Has anybody talked? Now I have been. We record this on Wednesdays. I have been away from a lot of sports media news after Monday morning, Monday afternoon. What in the hell was going on with with uh, Adam Gase? Does anybody know? I have no idea. You and I talked a little so, bit about. So this. I have. I and. and I'm not. This is not like a conspiracy thing. This is this is just human nature. I've watched him do press conferences a hundred times. Yeah. And and he so he doesn't look like that. He's he's never done that before ever. I've got a big track record of of him, and he's never looked like this before ever. Yeah. So he either did it on purpose, maybe just somebody dared him to be goofy. I I don't know what he wanted to like take a shot at the New York media, so I'm going to go out there and act crazy and do, like, something strange. Or or he was on something. And I know everybody in the world, like, made the Coke joke because, like, it was his coach that got caught doing cocaine off of hookers and, and like, filmed it. So, so, like, I get that that's an easy joke, but I need some type of explanation if it's not going to be he was on some type of medication or drug or he was drunk or he did or, it on purpose or he did it on purpose but see, people to take... who are drunk are not walking around eyes wide open no it, now, that is I've, I've been around many different types of drunks i've been many different types of drunk i've never seen gays look like this no but no so it either had to be on purpose or it had to be chemically induced yeah th- th- this is not it was just a coincidence this is not this was an accident it's just not that. No. No, you're right. And I'm, I'm sure we'll hear something about it. I just want to know, I and, and if it's happened, I need to go find it. I want to hear somebody in the New York media ask him, what the hell was that? And I need, I don't need coach speak. I need him to give a real answer. It, if, if you have heard a response to this, leave it in the comments. Let us know what's up. Because um, when you Google it, all you get is like a million images of it. And people laughing or making a joke or having a comment, but I can't find. But there's no reason the show, behind. I it. looked it up. I can't find an interview where he's actually like said, you know, yeah, I took something or whatever. I've got a, I had, you know, the flu and I drank a bunch of Nyquil. I, I don't know. I don't know what could make you do that. I have no idea, but I know it had to be something. 
Had to be something, right? Or he did it on purpose just to be goofy and funny, which is... Just to mess with the New York media, and that's entirely possible, too, I guess. I don't know, man. If, I, if I'm your GM, if I'm your owner, I'm pissed off. Yeah, because that it makes you immediately look like a moron. Oh, yeah. Because it's like, we hired this guy? Yes. I, I can't figure it out. That's the only coaching kerfungle that I that threw me for a loop this week. Yeah. No, you're you're right. That uh that wraps up our NFL coaching hire talk, I guess. Sure. I don't know what to call it, but but that's what we're talking about that's on this one. That's what we did. Um Tunica, Mississippi is the presenting sponsor of the show. Tunicatravel.com is the place to go to find information on all six of their sports books. We are gonna be at Hollywood Casino this Sunday, January twentieth. We'll get there about eleven o'clock. We're gonna shake hands, kiss babies, all the wonderful things. Come and hang out with us. The show starts at 12.30. We're going to preview both games. We're going to give you all the information on what picks you need to make. We are set up on the stage bar right next to the sports book, right next to the biggest projector screen in Tunica at any of the casinos. It's 12 foot by 24 foot. Perfect place to come watch the games. Food and drink specials all day, and the food's actually good. I've had it. I'm telling you, it's fantastic. $12 buckets of beer, $2 of beer. Not bad. Come hang out with us. We want to see you. We will catch you guys on Sunday. It's time for the rundown. Remember, check out winningcureseverything.com. You can give us a like on Facebook, facebook.com slash winningcureseverything. You can follow us on Twitter, at winningcures. You can follow myself, at GaryWCE. You can follow me at Chris B. Giannini, C-H-R-I-S-B-G-I-A-N-N-I-N-I. You can also email the show, that's winningcureseverything at gmail.com. And we now have a voicemail line. That number is 551-226-9899. If you want to call and bash us for talking bad about your favorite team, or praise us, or just tell us about how awesome your team is doing, leave us a voicemail. That number again is 551-226-9899. And we may toss it on the show. Thank you for supporting this show. And until next time, have a good one, guys. Hey, don't forget, subscribe to the Winning Cures Everything podcast on iTunes and make sure you leave a review. For every 25 written five-star reviews we get on iTunes, we are donating to St. Jude's Children's Hospital and LeBonner's Children's Hospital in Memphis, Tennessee. So subscribe and review on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, and all your favorite podcast apps. Remember, the Winning Cures Everything podcast.